This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Well, time now for our regular fortnightly Korero with Dunedin Mayor Aaron Hawkins, who joins us on the line now. Morena, Aaron, great to have you with us again. Kia ora, good morning. Well, uh, we hear, uh, we heard late yesterday afternoon the decision made by Dunedin City Council that uh, it would require people to show their vaccine passes to access uh, Dunedin City Council public facilities, pools, libraries, venues and offices. I imagine uh, there was um, a great deal of debate about just what the right approach here was. Uh, not debate in a political sense. Uh, the decision was made yesterday by the by the chief executive, uh, and I and I fully support that. It, but it is it isn't a decision for politicians uh, to make. Uh, there was a, a draft policy written up that went out for uh, for feedback from uh, staff and elected members, and and uh, what got signed off yesterday um, incorporated some of that. But ultimately, as you say, the upshot is that uh, for the purposes of keeping uh, our people safe and our community safe. Uh, the decision has been made that uh, we will uh, we will uh, use my vaccine pass system for council venues and facilities. Uh, some starting on uh, on Friday of this week: Moana Pool, St Clair Pool, uh, Toy Two, the Public Art Gallery, uh, and and the others uh, on the rest on Monday, including public libraries uh, and the Civic Centre itself. And that, that's largely a a logistics uh, question uh, in terms of making sure that we have the uh, the systems uh, set up as best we can to be able to uh, use them. Also, systems in place necessarily for those who still need to access Dean City Council services in other ways, um, particularly those who might normally have been accessing the information centre and uh, and in the civic centre and so forth. Um, the Staff, no doubt, will be turning their minds to how those who remain unvaccinated will still be able to deal with the Dunedin City Council. Yeah, that's right. And and, and we already offer uh, click and collect services at, at the at the library, for example. And 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 I think it's it's as much about letting people know uh, what is what is available to them in terms of council services without having to physically access the buildings in the way that they might have previously. And so we uh, we look forward to, uh, to ticking over tonight to take us into the orange level under the new COVID-19 management system. A new and, era. Yes, indeed. Yeah. As you look ahead to that, uh, you'll be taking the temperature of uh, how local businesses and others are approaching that. Um, how are you feeling about the transition? Uh, look, I think... It's, it's not going to be perfect from 11.59 p.m. tonight. Uh, nobody nobody expects it to be. There's going to be an element of, of working through this, and, and, and this is it's certainly challenging for, uh, for, for businesses, particularly those who, who don't have a, have a choice. If, if hospitality businesses want to operate, uh, essentially they have to uh, opt into this system and, and what does that mean uh, and, and in terms of uh, staffing and, and layout and, and, and how you manage that and I appreciate that, that is, uh, that is uh, challenging. Um, I mean this has been uh, reasonably well signalled for a while now but it's, it's one thing to uh, work something through in theory and another to, to put that into practice. So 
Uh, I, I think, uh, as with any stage in our COVID-19 response, it's going to be uh, imperative that uh, people um, go easy on each other and, and show a little patience. It will take uh, it will take a, a bit of getting used to, uh, and uh, and remember that. Uh, the the staff on the front line at cafes and bars and restaurants etc certainly aren't the decision makers in terms of uh, the system that we are now operating under uh, and it's it's not for them to absorb any uh, frustrations you may have about or we may have about government's decision. Moving on to other news this week, Aaron, we've seen the uh, draft plan in terms of the management of the coasts between St Clair and St Kilda released for public feedback and uh, as part of some of the options there, some retreat from Dunedin's coastline is emerging as a favoured long-term approach for managing the beach. Big piece of work that, wasn't it? Yeah, it is a, bit, it is a big piece of work. I, I think it's probably... Uh, stretching it a bit to say that um, any particular uh, approach is favoured at this point. Um, it, is a, it is in draft, as you say, and it's out for, uh, for public feedback now, but it isn't a draft that was conjured up on the desk of uh, someone in the council building. It's been built on the back of uh, years of community engagement, um, a, a project that has uh, won international awards for uh, for community engagement, and, and it's a piece of work that uh, that we're really proud of, uh, because we know that the St Clair St Kilda coast is uh, a very important part of the city, and not least of all to the uh, to the communities who live uh, adjacent to it uh, in St Clair and on the flat and so on. But it is a recreational asset that uh, the city at large um, uh, care very deeply for um, both on both sides of the June system. So. Uh, it's 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 important that uh, the, the the city, in its grandest sense, uh, is involved in this discussion. But uh, ultimately, it, it boils down to four broad approaches that you could take: uh, do nothing uh, and let nature take its course, which isn't particularly palatable. Uh, you could build out uh, into the sea, which, which they call advancing the line, which uh, is unpalatable for for different reasons and would probably be. Um, Unconsentable from a resource management point of view, it's it's very difficult to get consent to build structures in the coastal marine area, uh, which leaves you with uh, hold the line, which is uh, effectively engineered uh, solutions to preserve something uh, akin to the status quo or uh, coastal setbacks, which looks at uh, how you might, for example, uh, expand uh, the dune system. Uh, and, and, and use nature-based solutions to create a, a greater line of defence uh, against the, against um, coastal storms in particular, uh, which we know are likely to become more frequent and more intense uh, and, uh, with a less stable climate. Now, those last two hold the line and, and, uh, and, and coastal setbacks. They're not mutually exclusive. You might take different approaches at different parts of the of the coast, and, and likewise. You might take different approaches at different times. This is about uh, looking uh, far into the future about how we manage that, this coastline. Uh, but what, what's critical is that we consider it uh, as a whole, uh, as opposed to what we have, I think, historically done, which is um, fix individual parts of it, the Sinclair Seawall, for example, uh, in a more ad hoc fashion without giving a, a broader consideration to how that entire stretch uh, functions. Uh, the most urgent thing for us still is, is 
uh, the work at Middle Beach, and that's where the short-term focus is in, in shoring up the dune system at Middle Beach uh, because of the, the historic landfill uh, underneath Kettle Park, and nobody wants a repeat of what we saw on the West Coast where your ancient um, landfills fall into the sea. Uh, and so there's a, a lot of work ongoing currently uh, looking at um, getting a better understanding of what exactly is uh, underneath uh, Kettle Park, and, and the, at the same time, um, working on the on the dune system there to uh, to, to make sure that we've we've got adequate time to be able to to deal with that properly. But uh, yeah, the, the draft plan is about for uh, feedback now, uh, and, and we're taking comment on that just to make sure that we're broadly on the right track. Um, uh, feedback closes on the 17th of December. It's been a a great exercise, I think, in, in building something up from a from the position of uh, shared values uh, across the community and, and getting an understanding of what is important to people about that part of the city, uh, and then uh, working up uh, management, uh, different management approaches uh, built on that. And those management approaches are necessarily not uh, quick fixes either, are they? We're talking long term and kind of very long term solutions. Yeah, that's right. And and the difficulty, as with any um, climate adaptation work, is that we have a we have a, a a sense of what might happen at various stages. And, and inundation is a good example. We know we know that if the sea level rises um, by this much, then it'll have that much of an impact. Um, what we don't uh, what is what we don't know is when those things might happen. And so the risk is that you uh, you rush in and, and and build infrastructure to try and fix the problem, uh, and and you've then therefore kind of locked yourself into uh, an approach that may prove uh, unhelpful or obstructive or unnecessary. Uh, and so they call it dynamic adaptive pathways, which isn't the catchiest title I grant you, but uh, the approach is really look about looking at uh, different options at different points in time. Uh, and, and doing it in a way that lets you uh, change direction based on um, the, the the world around you and and, and the the evidence base that will uh, that will shift over time. Well, it's been pleasing to see the level of public input that's gone into that. Speaking of public input, you've got plenty of public uh, um, opposition uh, voiced to the plans around the potential uh, landfill um, near the Brighton. Area and uh, two seventy two submitters opposed, two uh, in support. That's a process to be worked through. Where are we at with that now? Uh, so yeah, so the the submissions to the resource consent application, as you say, have been have been made have been made public. Um, that's a, a statutory process that sits with the Otago Regional Council, uh, and uh, they will uh, make decisions. Um, at some point in the near future around uh, how how they will proceed and, and when hearings might be. But you know, anybody who has, has submitted on that will have the opportunity uh, to present on it. And um, there's not a lot uh, there's not a lot that I can that I can say about it at this point. The, the case will uh, the the consent process will will take its course. But uh, the the Resource Management Act is about um, Weighing up evidence and, and making a decision uh, in, in the interests of uh, the sustainable use of uh, natural and physical resources. It's, it's not a, 
um, it's not a referendum on uh, any particular project. Uh, it's it's great to, to see people engaging in it and, and providing uh, feedback on the proposal, but ultimately decision makers are tasked with uh, weighing up uh, competing evidence uh, and making decisions uh, based on the rules that exist. Decision makers in Dunedin City Council's regulatory subcommittees have some big issues to deal with from time to time, and uh, one of them this week, roosters in Dunedin. We're uh, seeing now me. <laughs> that, uh, the ODT's reporting that the naughty and noisy could soon be in strife if their owners are in cloud cuckoo land about neighbourly relations. Uh, they've come to the point where uh, that the committee's subcommittees recommended a ban on keeping roosters in residential areas unless owners get written permission from the council. Um, interesting to see that issue coming up, and I suppose there will be communities all over the world where this kind of debate's going on. Yeah, aside from being a sub-editor's dream, uh, uh, <laughs> a discussion like this, um, it, it's uh, you know it's 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 one of those vexed issues, and, and certainly when it went out for for feedback, it uh, went out for public uh, feedback. We we got plenty of that, and you know people. Uh, comparing the noise that a rooster might make uh, or be allowed to make versus the noise that a, a car might be allowed to make in your uh, neighbourhood. But we um, gladly delegated the task of hearing those submissions to the, the regulatory um, bylaw subcommittee and, and they've made their recommendations which will come back to council for us to uh, for us to discuss. And, and, at, and at that point, really, the options that council have are uh, to accept the recommendations uh, from the subcommittee or... Uh, to uh, to send it back uh, for for further work and and, and another round of, uh, of of public feedback. So uh, we'll see where that gets to when it lands on council's agenda. Indeed. Just finally, Aaron, um, take a, a moment, and you did this week to acknowledge the passing of Waitaki District Councillor Ross McRoby. A huge contribution across the community in all sorts of ways. Yeah, and a, and a good radio man too. Um, yeah, it's 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 always um, sad when we lose um, people from our uh, from our wider local government uh, family. Uh, Ross uh, had been involved in, uh, in in local politics both in Queenstown in the Queenstown Lakes uh, district when he was living in Wanaka, and then uh, carried on uh, at, in the in the Waitaki district when when he moved there uh, a few years back. But, uh, gave a, a great deal of community service in his role through the uh, Otago Community Trust uh, for a number of years, um, uh, and uh, and uh, a very um, keen model train enthusiast, uh, as many people will have encountered uh, on their on their trips up to Oamaru for, uh, for various events up there. But um, a very strong. Um, voice in the wider Otago community and, and, and our thoughts are with his uh, family and, and friends and colleagues at the moment. And we remember him too, of course, uh, here at ORFM because of his connection and role within um, New Zealand on air as well. Some really important work mm. down there. Aaron Hawkins, uh, thanks so much for taking some time to join us again here on the Awesome Morning Show. We look forward to catching up in a fortnight. I imagine it might be our last little chat before the end of the year, so look forward to that. Kia This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.